Hello and welcome to the program, a UFO warning. Today's topic comes from Popular Mechanics, an article that was just published online written by M.J. Banias, and it's entitled, UFOlogy from Fringe Field to Serious Science. Now I want to read through this article a little bit and make a couple comments as we do this. And the article starts out, it says, For decades, academic researchers have dismissed the study of UFOs as pseudoscience. But as the evidence becomes harder and harder to ignore, some organizations are finally taking steps to make the field legitimate. For as long as humans have claimed they've seen UFOs, and it's been a long, long time, the established scientific community has more or less considered them to be nonsense. While that hasn't changed much, even as we're in the midst of a modern ufological renaissance, some renegade scientists are fighting to bring academic rigor to research. I just have to say this very quickly. He's talking about the established scientific community as if everything they say uh, is the end-all, be-all. Just remember this. About 100 years ago, maybe, maybe 150 years ago, the established scientific community thought that germs were imaginary. And if you were to have an operation, the doctor wouldn't bother to wash his hands. Just remember that. The established scientific community has thought a lot of things over the years that have been disproven. So the scientific community is not the last word on everything. The truth speaks for itself. Now, we go on to read the article. It says, Take Richard Hoffman, a 25-year information technology expert on contract with the U.S. Army's Material Command at the Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama. As a senior lead architect, he keeps the Army's digital infrastructure running and safe from attack. He's also a UFO researcher. Quote, The scientific community still has to deal with the decades of stigma associated with what they see as pseudoscience or fringe science, Hoffman tells Popular Mechanics. Many scientists do have interest in the phenomena, but are most often discouraged by others to embrace it. So they hide it. Okay, I just want to say one thing. I want you to notice what's happening here. And this is called the strongman fallacy. So you have a group of people that they start rumbling. And so what happens is the manipulators bring in a strongman. And then the mass is told to not pay attention to their own common sense, but follow the strongman. And that's what's happening in this article. They bring this fellow along, this Mr. Hoffman, they tell you that he's got 25 years of experience as a computer sheriff. He's protecting the country. He is the strong man. So you take all your silly, stupid ideas about UFOs, and you just put them off to the side. You pay attention to Mr. Hoffman, because he's going to tell you what UFOs are all about. So you shut up and you sit down. See, this is the, this is the groundwork that's being laid here. We're going to eliminate personal, individualized investigations, you sit down, you shut up, and you listen to the strong man. He'll tell you what to think. The article goes on. Hoffman is one of three board members who run a nonprofit scientific organization known as the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, SCU. Unknown or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, UAP, is the current rebranding of Unidentified Flying Objects, UFO, a term that many believe to carry too much cultural baggage. Wow. These guys 
I mean, they're putting it right in your face. You see, you are a dumb rube who believes in UFOs. You need to shut down your thought process. You need to sit down and shut up and listen to the strong man. Because not only is he going to tell you what to believe, he's going to tell you how to believe. We don't call them UFOs anymore. We call them UAPs. And as a side note, the first time I saw Hillary Clinton use the term UAP, I wanted to throw up in my mouth. I mean, how dare these people be so arrogant that they think they can just trot into this whole this UFO investigatory field that's been around for at least 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And then they're not only going to tell you what to think, these people that have been telling you that it's been swamp gas this whole time, now they're going to rebrand the terms you use and the discussions and conversations you have. The absolute height of arrogance. It goes on to say, there are very few UF organizations remaining today. Really? More nonsense. There's UFO organizations all over the place. They don't just exist in formalized nonprofits. They exist in podcasts like this. They exist in people who get together on message boards or Twitter accounts. They're all over the place. The internet has done a great service for the UFO community. It's allowed the democratization of evidence, of data. People can share experiences. People who are just trying to truly understand the UFO phenomenon. Not people that are trying to monetize it. Not people are trying to find some bit of UFO wreckage and sell it for $35,000 or $350,000. Not people that are seeking contracts with the U.S. government. Just normal, everyday people that are going online and sharing their experiences that they've had with sighting UFOs or experiences that might even be more than that. But the point is, is that there are lots and lots of UFO organizations, but they're loosely held together organizations. We don't need all this bureaucracy. We have our own eyes. We can see. Now it says the difference with SCU, and it's a big one, is that it collects data that can be analyzed and studied by scientific experts, subsequently generating peer-reviewed papers published in journals and on websites, says Hoffman. The SCU doesn't collect day-to-day UAP sighting reports, but rather digs into the more complex cases where multiple sensory data like radar tracks and video may exist. The SCU played a significant role in studying the Nimitz UFO encounter when it released a nearly 300-page report on the incident. The requisite refresher two years ago, the New York Times posted a story about Navy pilots who intercepted a strange object off the coast of San Diego in November 2004 and captured video of the object with their F-18's gun camera. Earlier this month, Popular Mechanics published a story about several other military personnel who also witnessed the Nimitz encounter on their radar systems and over their ship's video system. The SCU paper examined the available public data and testimony available regarding the case and concluded their results suggest that given the available information, the AAV's capabilities are beyond any known technology. Well, no kidding. You know, not to be a jerk here, but I didn't think, I really don't think I need a 300 page report 
Okay, I don't really need a 300-page report by somebody who watched the same video as I did to tell me that, hey, something's going on here. To be clear, the SCU hasn't concluded that some non-human intelligence is responsible. Well, excuse me? If it's intelligent and it's not human, doesn't that pretty much make it non-human? I don't know, just saying. Fully aware of the significant gaps in data, the organization has suggested that the public release of all Navy records associated with this incident to enable a full scientific and open investigation is strongly recommended. The UFO research community is used to having scant data on UFO incidents. The vast majority of cases are purely anecdotal. When physical evidence or data is available, the well-established ufological conspiracy and myth-making machines begin to put that data in jeopardy. Well, you know, popular mechanics just can't write an article without throwing in a bunch of garbage. You know, you are the problem. If you're listening to this program and you have a curiosity about UFOs, as far as popular mechanics is concerned, it sounds like you're the problem. Because you're a conspiracy theorist and you're a myth-making machine. This, this is what makes it hard for me to read through a Popular Mechanics article. But I'm doing it so I can bring this show to you so that you can know who uh, this SCU outfit is. To date, there hasn't been an extensive and well-funded scientific investigation of these phenomena using state-of-the-art investigative tools and dedicated investigating team, Robert Powell, an SCU board member and device physics expert, tells Popular Mechanics. The SCU is aiming to change that. Membership in the organization requires a resume submission and a committee meets to thoroughly vet each member. Wow. So if you want to be in the Hoopty Doopty Club, you got to go to a meeting. This is the exact opposite of disclosure. This is the exact opposite of transparency. This is another bunch of current and former government employees some people call them deep staters, coming along and telling you, sit down, shut up, we'll tell you what these things are. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to change the name. We're going to change the name from UFO to UAP because you're too stupid to even know what to call these things. So who makes up the 69 active members of the SCU exactly? Mostly scientists, former military officers, and former law enforcement personnel with technical experience and investigative backgrounds, Powell says. And their credentials are impressive. Try two current and one former NASA PhDs and members with backgrounds that include Lockheed, NORAD, and the U.S. Space Command, he says. You know, I'm not so much impressed as I am concerned that these people can use the revolving door that they've just now created with this non-profit quote-unquote, company, to leave jobs where they might have top-secret clearance or access to information that the rest of us do not have access to. They can just waltz into the private sector, and voila, all of a sudden, they are large and in charge of the UFO phenomena investigation. I'm not impressed by that. I am concerned by that. Just me. To begin bridging the gap between the UFO research community and the scientific community, the SCU has a team in place that will begin a peer review journal. Well, there you go. 
You see something, say something, and we'll tell you if it's worth listening to. Otherwise, just sit down and shut up, because we've got this under control. Initial plans are for the journal to be biannual, with the first published journal in the first half of 2020, Powell says. Anyone wishing to submit a paper to the journal should contact SCU. Goes on, fighting the stigma. Yes, for all the promising progress, the SCU and similar organizations are still facing an uphill battle. The decades-long taboo surrounding UFOs and their study is thoroughly entrenched in established scientific and academic communities. They are, in essence, a dirty subject that can kill a professional career. Well, why would that be? Would that perhaps be because the deep state, the government, since the 40s, has been going around and basically ruining the lives of anybody who came forward to admit that they saw a UFO? We know the stories. We know all about what happened. So if there's a stigma attached, the government, the deep state actors, are the ones that attach that stigma. And if you want to remove those, remove that stigma, the best thing to do would be just ignore those people. Don't pay a lick of attention to them. In 1953, it says, the Robertson panel was formed to look at UFO reports at the behest of the government due to a string of odd aerial objects being spotted over Washington, D.C. the previous year. The panel concluded in its classified report that UFOs posed no risk to national security and proposed that the National Security Council actively debunk UFO reports. Really? Do you need to do that? So you have a government report saying... We have this research group, rather, suggesting that the government debunk UFO reports. Well, why go out of your way? Why not just ignore them? Why do you have to mock the people that, that simply report what they saw? If you can't explain it, if you don't understand it, what's wrong with just saying, hmm, not sure what happened here? Just like when you have five bulls killed in Oregon that have, what do we say, 10, 12, 15 gallons of blood in each bull? And there's no blood, not even a single drop of blood left. And somebody says, wow, I wonder what happened to all that blood. And that immediately results in that person being mocked in the media, mocked by government officials. What would be wrong with them just saying, well, that's strange. We don't know either what happened. It goes on to say, the panel concluded the classified report that UFOs pose no risk to national security and proposed that the National Security Council... and proposed that the National Security Council actively debunk UFO reports with the intention to ideologically inoculate the public to ensure UFOs become the subject of ridicule. In other words, sit down and shut up and we'll tell you what to believe. Huh. I wonder where the First Amendment got lost in there. I wonder where the part about Congress shall make no law regarding the First Amendment. Whatever happened to that? The panel even recommended that UFO investigative and research groups be monitored by intelligence agencies for subversive activity. What kind of a wicked, evil mindset is that? People want to get together and talk about something they've seen they can't understand, and you want to monitor these people? 
You want to accuse these people of possibly being traitors? That's disgusting. I'm sorry. That's an absolutely disgusting mindset that would approach their fellow citizens that way. Somebody has a curious mind, and they need to be monitored because they could be treasonous. I don't even have any idea what on earth seeing a UFO and talking about it to somebody has to do with being a subversive who might commit treasonous acts against his own country. That is just the most awful thing to say about somebody. It's just terrible. They should be ashamed. The people that said that should be ashamed. The article goes on. 17 years later, the infamous Condon Report, which was a product of the U.S. Air Force and the University of Colorado, was responsible for the death of an Air Force UFO study project Blue Book. The report became embroiled in controversy when a memorandum was released explaining that the report itself had to trick the public into thinking the study was objective, but would ensure that the final and official position is that all UFO incidences are hoaxes, delusions, and human error. Officially, UFOs became the subject of ridicule. Tie that in with the rise of New Age UFO prophets and cults, stories of spacemen from Venus, alien bases in Antarctica, and emerging of UFO conspiracy cultures, and those who used empirical data of or maintained a rational and logical research approach became lumped into the same subculture as people claiming to be alien channelers or time-traveling alien ambassadors who often use people's gullibility to earn a living. It's no wonder academics, professionals, and scientists publicly shy away from the subject. In research for this article, one physicist from the University of New York expressed their discomfort and asked that their name not be used because they were still trying to get tenure. I don't get the sense the scientific community is any more interested or open than it was before, Alexander Went, a political science professor at The Ohio State University, tells Popular Mechanics. But what has changed, I think, is the politics. I think that the wind is changing on this, just like it is on a lot of things, and it's probably young people in particular who are driving the change and are more open. The article goes on. Went, who has done academic work on the UFO question and presented a lecture at TED's Columbus on the science of UFOs, sits on the board of UFO Data, a project designed to create high-tech observation systems to monitor the skies and track anomalous phenomena. He knows that the taboo surrounding UFO research and getting any grant money to study UFOs is still impossible. According to Went, neither the government nor any established scientific organization are going to fund UFO research. The solution seems to be crowdfunding or finding private donors who will invest in these projects. UFO data isn't the only group engaged in observational studies. For For three decades, Project... Hestalon, a small observatory station that monitors a valley in Norway subject to strange light phenomena, has been jointly funded by the Ulsford University College and personal donations. Another organization, the UFO Data Acquisition Product, or UFODAP, is also building small computer units designed to monitor and track aerial oddities. Using multiple sensors, the UFO Data Acquisition Unit is designed to record and track UAP as well as provide metadata with which can be analyzed. Hoffman recognizes that the contemporary ufology still makes academics and scientists nervous. 
even with the recent announcement by the Navy that UAP do violate American airspace and the Pentagon was running the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, people are starting to ask more questions and some scientists are starting to participate. We are encouraged by this and believe it will continue to advance. However, the UFO community itself is composed of factions which continue to make scientists cringe, Hoffman says. SCU is attempting to support scientists and serious researchers by focusing on what scientists can do to advance their interest. Do you get that? You make them cringe. You just make them cringe. I'm going to make it a point at any time that I see a so-called research scientist come out with with a new handy-dandy nonprofit UFO research group. And they approach the UFO community with the kind of disdain that I see here. I'm going to make a point to bring that to you. And then you can decide for yourself when you're reading these articles. Because to wrap this up, I'm just going to say that as more and more people start to see these juicy government contracts pop up, I really believe you're going to run into dozens and dozens of these former government employees. They're going to see the handwriting on the wall. And the handwriting on the wall is in nice, fresh $100 bills. These people realize that there is a public curiosity about this stuff, that there's a window here where they can get in and they can get these nice, profitable, juicy contracts to do all sorts of UFO research, if you want to call it that. I mean, after all, didn't Harry Reid give $22 million to his friend, Mr. Bigelow, to research the Skinwalker Ranch and a few other locations? And if that was worth $22 million, what, 10, 15 years ago? Imagine what it could be worth today. So I think that what we really have to look at here is you have a group of people that are on the inside. They already know how to write up the grants proposals, the contract proposals. They know how to get their hands on the money. But what they need to come up with is a proposition. Now they're able to do that because of this Nimitz Tate. Now the Navy has come out and the Navy has said, yes, the UAP, as they like to call it, phenomena is real. So, see, they had to get rid of the word UFO. Because if they were using the word UFO in all these contracts or all these grant proposals, um, there might be enough people in the country that would have a fit over it, and they would put a stop to it. But they can change the term to UAP, and the average person who's just listening to the news at night probably doesn't even know what UAP means. So they can begin to slip in these grant proposals. And, you know, this way, once the fraud of global warming runs its course at some point, they'll be able to get all that grant money turned over to the UAP phenomena. Because you have to remember, a lot of these guys are sitting around these universities, these UH, these PhD candidates, or even PhDs, they're, they're dependent on grant money. And that's their bread, and bu- their bread and butter. I mean, they get their money from the government and the former grants to study stuff. I ran into a professor one time, his whole career has been studying gypsies. Or, as he calls them, Roma. Don't call them gypsies. Call them Roma. His whole his whole career has been grant money from the U.S. government to study Roma. He's taken trips over there. I mean, this has been going on for, I suppose, 30 years he's been doing this. His whole career. Making 70, 80 grand a year studying gypsies, I think he told me. So, UAP, I mean, this, this, is, this is a big money bucket for these guys. The danger of it is is that the average person is going to see this, and they're going to start to see this as a money grab. 
And that's what I'm starting to see this is. We're seeing very little true study of the UFO phenomena. And we're seeing a lot of people that seems like they're going for the grants, the contracts, whatever, with the U.S. military, the U.S. government, to study something that we already know exists. And if the average UFO investigator throws their two cents in worth, well, they're laughed at, mocked, told to sit down and shut up. The real question most of us should have is, we already know that UFOs are real. I mean, they've been sighted all over the place. If they want to do some investigation... Maybe they could check into why we've had 10,000 cattle in the last 30 years mutilated and left for dead without blood. Without any blood. What's happened to all the missing people in the parks that are never accounted for? I mean, if these, the UFOs, that part of it's real. I don't even, I don't even understand how somebody can say that it's not real when they've been sighted so many times. The real, the real research here should be on what are these things doing? And why the investigation should be into the UFO crimes, not whether or not they exist. At any rate, stop by the, the blog, ufowarning.blogspot.com. I have some stuff on there. Take a look at this popular mechanics article. It's, it's quite interesting. And uh, see what you think for yourself. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.